Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Thursday. Hope everyone's having a wonderful week. Today we are talking to Jack Posobiec. He is senior editor of Human Events, a former Navy Intel officer, um, and he is going to talk to us today about a few things. We're going to talk about the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, what's going on there. We're going to talk about this bombshell report from BuzzFeed News from December 1st that says that uh, secret CIA files say staffers committed sex crimes involving children, and this involves a huge cover-up, sadly. And we're also going to touch on the Jussie Smollett case that is taking place right now. I'm going to give you some context for both of these things because Jack is going to kind of get in the weeds and explain some of these things for us, but I'm going to kind of lay the groundwork before um, before we start talking to him. But before I get into all of that, I do want to ask you guys to please send me a voicemail, 682-503-1369, telling me your unpopular Christmas takes. This will be something that we either play next week or the week after that sometime before Christmas. Uh, I'm talking like, what's the Christmas movie that everyone loves that you hate? And tell me specifically why. Or what's a Christmas tradition or a Christmas food that everyone thinks is awesome, but that you loathe? So you can say anything. The one thing that is totally off limits is that you cannot say that you don't like It's a Wonderful Life. That's not allowed. Like that's not, that's just going against objective truth. You can have your own opinions. That's fine. You cannot have your own truth. And the truth is, is that It's a Wonderful Life is the best Christmas movie. So anything else, anything else, but It's a Wonderful Life, George Bailey, that's off limits, okay? I make the rules unrelatable. Anything else though, tell me. Tell me what you, what your unpopular Christmas opinion is um, it can be as out there as possible or just send me a funny voicemail that has to do with Christmas. We'll only be able to play a few of them, um, but I'll try to listen to all of them. So 682-503-1369, call us, leave us a voicemail. Try to keep it uh, short and sweet. If you need to write it out and practice it beforehand, that's totally fine. Uh, and hopefully we will pick yours and play it sometime in the next couple weeks. All right, let's get into some of these stories just to kind of give you some context here. So the CIA cover up, uh, this was reported by BuzzFeed News. Their investigative team said that over the past 14 years, the CIA has amassed credible evidence that uh, more than 10 of its employees, or at least 10 of its employees, have committed sexual crimes involving children. And uh, this includes some terrible, awful, very disturbing allegations. And we're going to go through some of those when I start talking to Jack now, I, if you're obviously if you're listening with children, you've probably picked up on this so far. This is not an episode to listen to them or with them too. 
Uh, I am just warning you, some of the allegations that we're going to talk about involving this story and involving the Ghislaine Maxwell trial are very disturbing. So just brace yourself for that. We're not going to get graphic or anything, but we're just going to talk about what some of these allegations are. And really the big story behind this CIA report, well, one of the stories is the lack of story. The fact that BuzzFeed reported on this, good for them. But obviously it was covered up by intelligence agencies and it has not been reported on widely. The Federalist reported on it. Some other journalists talked about it, but you probably didn't even hear about it. I only heard about it the other day, several days after it had been originally reported. And the fact that this isn't a huge bombshell that everyone is talking about is really disturbing. What is it? Are we just used uh, to this kind of child sexual abuse? Is it Has it become normalized? Has it become sterilized in some way that we just don't really want to talk about it? I do also wonder if any mention of pedophilia in the ranks of the intelligence uh, world or in the ranks of the government or in the powers that be has been so cleverly associated with conspiracy theory over the past several years. And part of it is because there are conspiracy theorists like QAnon conspiracy theorists who push ridiculous things that have also made it more difficult for people to raise actual allegations of pedophilia and sex trafficking and uh, child sex abuse. But I do wonder if some propagandists in the media have done such a good job of tying any allegations of sex trafficking and pedophilia to conspiracy theories that most people just don't want to talk about it because they don't want to be seen as some Pizzagate QAnon person. And that in itself is evil. But the fact of the matter is, is that this is something that is going on. This is something that has gone on. So the loss of credibility that intelligence agencies have garnered over the past several years is something that they have brought on themselves. And this is uh, the straw on the camel's back. This is it's like if you haven't completely lost faith in our agencies, in the people that are supposed to be keeping us safe, then this should do it. This should do it. Uh, We're going to talk to Jack about all of that. Just a quick note. I, I would think long and hard before you put your child's image on social media. I know that there are innocent motivations behind that. And I think every parent can make the decision that is best for them. Absolutely. Just know that social media is a cesspool of people that do not have good intentions. And unfortunately, that includes some people in our intelligence agencies that are supposed to be protecting and serving, but are actually victimizing the most vulnerable people in some cases in our population. Just think, just think about that. Remember that as a child, uh, the nature of him or her being a child is that she cannot she, he or she cannot consent to their image being online. And so that is, um, you know, it's a, it's a breach of privacy in some ways. And again, I don't want to sound like I'm condemning parents who put images of their kids online, but I would just think long and hard about that before putting your child's face or their image in any way on social media. There is no downside to your child having more privacy. There are a lot of downsides to your child having less privacy, but there are no cons whatsoever to your child um, not being on social media. So that's just something that I encourage you uh, to think about. Also, to give you some context and what's going on with the uh, Ghislaine Maxwell trial, now you probably 
already know. Uh, you probably already know about Jeffrey Epstein, but just to kind of give you a refresher, in July 2020, this is according to lawandcrime.com. They have been covering this trial pretty extensively. Federal prosecutors hit Maxwell with six charges, mostly focused on allegations that she enticed girls between the ages of 14 and 17 to travel to Epstein uh, to travel with Epstein for his sexual abuse. These allegations are generally known as violations of the Mann Act. This past March, the government leveled two more charges, sex trafficking and conspiring to commit sex trafficking. If convicted on the six charges at issue in her trial, the 59-year-old Maxwell faces the possibility of 70 years imprisonment. Um, now, Jeffrey Epstein was a rich billionaire. He was very well connected. It is well documented that he is connected to uh, many global diplomats, academics, uh, politicians, rich people, business moguls, people in power. He would go to this place called Epstein Island and allegedly, although it is pretty hard to argue against because there is photo video evidence of this. He um, apparently entertained his guests um, with the presence of minor females, minor women or girls, I should say, um, and sexually abused them. And apparently there are other people that he brought, brought along on these trips who were also sexually abusing these young girls. And some of these girls who are now women are testifying in court and are testifying against Maxwell, saying that she had a part in this. Of course, the defense is saying, um, no, she didn't have a part in sex trafficking. But we will get into more of that with Jack Epstein. He did go to jail and he allegedly committed suicide. Um, I believe it was... In, um, I believe it was in 2019 that that, yeah, I think it was in, in 2019. It's so hard. The past two years have been a blur. It's hard to remember what happened in 2019 versus 2020. Um, but, you know, one of the jokes that people have said, kind of a joke, but kind of not, but it's become a little bit of a meme, is that Epstein didn't kill himself. And so there's just a lot of mystery around this. And there are so many people in power that are involved and potentially involved. And again, uh, a lot of people are scared to talk about this because they don't want to be seen as conspiracy theorists, but you're looking at the court documents, you're looking at the objective reporting about this, not the sensationalized reporting and the conjecture surrounding this, and you're seeing that a lot of the allegations that some of these so-called conspiracy theorists have been making about the so-called elites um, actually hold some water. And so it's just really disturbing, and I think it is rightfully invoking a lot of curiosity from people because there's still so much mystery surrounding it. We're going to try to take away some of um, that mystery today as we talk about what's going on. And then we're going to talk about the Jussie Smollett trial. Now, if you don't remember this whole Jussie Smollett thing, this did happen at the beginning of 2019. I mean, I can't believe it's already been that long. But in January of 2019, actor Jussie Smollett, he is the, uh, he, played a role in Empire. I guess that was a show maybe on HBO. Apparently, he's also an R&B singer. I did not know that. But he claimed that he was attacked in the middle of the night on the snowy streets of Chicago when he was going to get a Subway sandwich. And he claimed that two guys, one of them wearing a red MAGA hat, 
Uh, they threw bleach on him and they put a noose around his neck and he got back to his apartment and he called the police. Apparently, he still had the subway sandwich in hand and he still had the noose on his neck. And they said that, oh, I I forgot the best part, uh, but that they called him uh, uh words that we would never say and um, that I can't say that he calls homophobic and racist words and says that you're just, uh, you know, expletive empire actor. So apparently these two, uh, uh, you know, these two Trump fans living in Chicago who knew that Jesse Smollett was going to go get a subway at 2 a.m. when it's freezing cold and snowing were also fans of empire. So this is entirely, entirely believable, right? Um, so it comes out a few months later that um, the two guys who allegedly attacked him were actually potentially paid by Jesse Smollett to attack him. And he wanted to give it, uh, he wanted to get it on camera so he could release it and then, I guess, become some sort of hero and victim because he wanted more attention. It also came out during this trial that he apparently did a, quote, dry run with them. So he did this, you know, actor's going to act. He had to do some kind of dress rehearsal with them to make sure that they got it in front of the security camera that he wanted to get it in front of. And um, you'll remember at the time when the allegations came out, uh, Kamala Harris stood by him publicly and said, you know, um, you know, I'm paraphrasing that he's such a gentle soul. This is so awful that this happened to him. This is racist and homophobic. You had Democratic Senator Cory Booker saying that we need to pass this anti-lynching law in light of this terrible thing that happened to Jesse Smollett. And of course, the media ran with this. There are allegations that Don Lamont tried to help Jesse Smollett in this. This is according to Newsweek. Um, it says that uh, Don Lamont is facing scrutiny after Jesse Smollett testified that the CNN anchor sent him a text message to warn him that police didn't believe his allegations about having been the victim of a racist and homophobic attack. In a Chicago courtroom on Monday, the actor testified that uh uh, it's, it's Lemon. I You pronounce it Don Lemon, but it's just become this whole thing that people call him Don Lamont, and it's kind of funny. Uh, that Lemon contacted him to relay the message that the Chicago Police Department did not believe his account of what had happened on the night in question. While Lemon has yet to address that particular part of Smollett's testimony on the air, the development has sparked outrage among a number of conservative commentators who have called on CNN to dismiss the newsman over the allegations. Obviously, they just dismissed Chris Cuomo. Are they going to dismiss uh, Don Lamont as well? I'm not sure, but there's obviously some collusion going on here between the media, between politicians, between Hollywood and Jesse Smollett. Now, um, there haven't been quite as many people who have come to his defense recently, as I'll talk about with Jack uh, Black Lives Matter has come out and said, we still support him, you know, no matter what the testimony is, which is so funny. Obviously, you can't let facts get in the way of your personal truth. Um, and so this is, it's sad, but it's also a hilarious, it's a hilariously sad tale. I don't know if Jesse Smollett meant to become the star of a dark comedy, but he has. He had this interview, I think it was, with ABC after these allegations uh, were made, both the allegations that he made and then the allegations that he had made it up. And, 
you know, he had this very emotional interview where he talked to the interviewer just about how he was struggling, you know, for freedom and, and liberation from oppression and equality and all this stuff. And she said, that's so beautiful, Jesse. That's so great. I mean, it's just so disgusting. It's so disgusting. Like, if you want to know why there seems to be rumblings of, um, populist pushback. It's because of the stories that we're talking about today. It's because of this kind of uh, non-quantifiable, almost intangible elite class that you can't fully define, but you kind of know it when you see it. It's because the people who have tried to convince us that they are our moral and intellectual betters, we are finding out so many of them, whether it's Republican or Democrat, are so corrupt and depraved to the core, and that really all they want is power. They want insulation from justice and accountability. And so you can't blame people for you can't blame people for this kind of populist push that you see when it seems like the people who are in charge of us and who have power over so much of what we consume and so much of what we're able to do and say when they are so disgusting. You can't blame people for that, in my opinion. Um, and so there's a lot more that goes into this Jesse Smollett case. I'm going to ask Jack whether he thinks what he thinks the verdict um, is going to be. There's also some collusion between Jesse Smollett and the Cook County State's Attorney's Office, which released thousands of documents in the Smollett case in response to an open records request, including a text from Kim Fox. She is the attorney um, in Cook County, and she is known for letting criminals off in the name of social justice. There was recently um, a shootout in which multiple gang members were murdered, and he she decided that she wasn't going to press any charges because that's just, I guess, what happens in Chicago. So if you actually care about black lives. Shouldn't you care about this kind of injustice? But no, it obviously doesn't fish. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, it, it doesn't fit the narrative um, because she says uh, she said apparently in these texts that Smollett is just a washed-up celeb, but he was overcharged, and so she didn't believe in the charges that were leveled um, against him, and so they actually had to in August. On August 23rd, 2019, a judge named former U.S. Attorney Dan Webb as a special prosecutor to investigate why the charges against Smollett were dropped by Fox. And so it's just this big old convoluted mess. Smollett is still maintaining his innocence, which is just crazy at this point. Apparently, there's a love triangle between the two Nigerian brothers who were set up to so-called, you know, allegedly attack him and Jesse Smollett. So... It's just crazy, guys. It's just crazy. It's crazy. The world is bad. The world needs the world needs Jesus, y'all. The world needs Jesus. Um, and we can continue to pray for justice in each of these cases, though, because we know that God can do anything. And our hope has to be in heaven and that one day God is going to rule in perfect peace and enact perfect justice forevermore. And we won't have to deal with any of these clowns who are in charge. Before I get 
to my conversation with Jack, let me tell you guys about our first sponsor for the day. That is Bambi. If you're a small business owner, you know that HR issues can kill you. Maybe you're trying to manage these HR issues by yourself, but it's probably taking the majority of your time and you need to actually focus on being able to build your business and build your customer base, improving your product, whatever it is. And so you need an HR manager. The problem is a full-time HR manager, it's really expensive. Maybe you just don't have the margin for that right now. You can't afford to hire someone full-time but you can't let your HR issues go by the wayside. So you need Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E. It was created specifically for small business. With Bambi, you get a dedicated HR manager that will craft HR policy and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. They customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, all for just $99 a month. Month-to-month, no hidden fees. Cancel any time. Let Bambi help you. You can get a free HR audit if you use my link. That's bambi.com slash Allie to schedule your free HR audit. That's B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Allie. Jack, thank you so much for joining us. Lots of things I want to talk to you about. First, I want to talk to you about this CIA cover-up that was actually reported on by BuzzFeed. I don't know if you're surprised by that. I kind of was. Tell us what this is about. Yeah, so the CIA story that came out of a FOIA request return at BuzzFeed. Now, the BuzzFeed News Investigative Division, I got to give them credit, right? And I know that as, you know, the conservative media isn't supposed to say anything nice about anyone on the liberal media. And those guys, Jason Leopold and Anthony Cornier over there, they actually have done a couple of pretty good um, FOIA requests. And that's kind of their beat. They do FOIA requests all over the place. And I remember they did one a couple of months ago about Fauci and Wuhan. And a lot of emails came out of that. And that's sort of their thing. They're kind of that like left libertarian Gen X sort of demographic where they're more like we're against authority. And if that authority mm. happens to be the government or the intelligence agencies, that's perfectly fine for us to go after. So um, there's some people that I've noticed a few times in the past. They've also been very critical of, you know, done critical reporting, I should say, of the Mueller investigation, a lot of the Russiagate stuff that was coming out. And so I know BuzzFeed kind of gets this bad rap because they released the dossier. But at the same time, they released it. But that specific unit at BuzzFeed wasn't like releasing it saying it was true. They were releasing it saying, hey, we got the document. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so tell us what they revealed in this article titled Secret CIA Files Say Staffers Committed Sex Crimes Involving Children. Uh, The opening part of it says over the past 14 years, the Central Intelligence Agency has secretly amassed credible evidence that at least 10 of its employees and contractors committed sexual crimes involving children. This sounds like a huge story, and yet it came out at the beginning of December, December 1st, and I've hardly heard anything about it. The only reason I heard something about it is actually because you mentioned it backstage before we went on Candace's show on Monday. That's the only way that I actually knew about it. So what's going on here? Why isn't it seen as a bigger deal? Yeah, this is one of those times where I always talk about the corporate media's biggest power isn't actually their bias in terms of their reporting, it's their bias in terms of story selection. So story selection bias is probably one of the most powerful tools of the corporate media. And what do I mean by that? They can pick and choose what stories they talk about. Why did Gabby Petito, 
get so much attention from corporate media. And I'm not saying she didn't deserve attention. That case didn't deserve attention. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is why did that get raised to the level that it got to? I mean, we have Amber Alerts in this country all the time. For Joy Reid said it was white woman syndrome. Yeah, Joy Reid brought up, said it was racism because, of course, that's Joy Reid's job to say that everything is based on racism and critical race theory and systemic racism, et cetera, et cetera. So I commend her for sticking to her guns on, on everything <laughs> and finding a way to turn anything into uh, into race. But e- even when in that situation, I believe everyone involved was was white. Um, but it's really a situation where you ask these questions. If this stuff is going on for 15 years, we see in these documents, the CIA times where you've got people, actual CIA officers, analysts that are going into chat rooms. They're going into sex apps, trying to meet with people or meet up with people that are underage, 14, 15, 13. And in one of the cases, at least, we're told that the person they were talking to was actually an undercover FBI agent. So you've got some spy on spy right there. Then you've got times where people are coming back on agency laptops, agency equipment with thousands and thousands of photos that they downloaded while on assignment of child pornography. And so the question becomes for everybody, what's really going on here? Why are we getting this information now? And why are they trying to cover it up? What are they fighting to cover up? Well, it's quite simple. Number one, this is the type of stuff, and I say this as a prior intelligence officer, this is the type of stuff that our adversaries, whether that be China, Iran, Russia, etc., they would use this in order to compromise intelligence officers and then be able to blackmail them into handing over the keys mm. to the kingdom, handing over classified intelligence over not only uh, what the United States is up to, but our source networks, our CIA source networks and intel assets in those respective countries. Find out who theirs, their informants are. This is a huge national security risk. That's number one. And the fact that you have this mainstream media that spent years and years talking about Russiagate, which was based on absolute nothing, right? You've got a situation here where, hey, wait a minute, there actually is a compromise on these specific intelligence officers and intelligence analysts, potentially more within our highest intelligence agency in the United States. And yet it doesn't really seem that anyone's doing anything about that. Plus, you don't even see any senators or congressmen really taking up this bill. Some have been pretty good on this, or but taking this up, this situation and saying, hey, let's hold a hearing on this. Let's find out what's actually going on behind the scenes of Langley. And I'll tell you why. That's because they're terrified that they knew under John Brennan that the CIA was spying. And we know this, right? This has all come out, was spying on Congress. They are terrified of these people. And Chuck Schumer told us. He said the quiet part out loud that if you go against these guys, they have six ways from Sunday to get back at you. That's exactly what happened with Donald Trump through his four years in office. That's exactly what would happen to anybody. So I think it's a really a situation where they release a little bit of it, and it's something called a limited hangout. What is a limited hangout? That's where they can say, well, all right, look, we know there's a bunch of information out there about this. We know this has been going on, but look, it was just a couple of guys over a long period of time. We're going to release a little bit of information, and maybe you'll go away. They want you to go away. They'll say, look, we reported it. We took care of it. It's over. But what they're not doing is reporting what was actually going on and why, particularly, only one of these people was even prosecuted for this. That's actually a huge problem in this country in general, that the prosecution of crimes against children like this of a sexual nature is not taken seriously. Many times these people are given probation or very scant time behind bars. It's really something that we need to take as whether you're Republican, Democrat, left, right, whatever. I don't know if there's criminal justice reform for child sex uh, predators, Hmm. but if there is, that's something that absolutely needs to be turned around so this kind of stuff doesn't happen. It's 
awful. There are some examples that BuzzFeed gives. And like you said, only one actually served any jail time for this. One employee had sexual conduct. This is one employee of the CIA had sexual contact with a two-year-old and a six-year-old. He was simply fired. One employee purchased sexually explicit videos of young girls filmed by their mothers. He resigned. One employee estimated that he had viewed up to 1,400 sexually abusive images of children while on agency assignments. Not sure what actions, if any, were taken by him. One contractor arranged for sex with an undercover FBI agent. I think that you mentioned that. Posing as a child, he had his contract revoked. One CIA staffer was charged with child sexual crimes, and the employee was also under investigation for mishandling classified material. The CIA did not answer detailed questions, saying only that the agency takes all allegations of possible criminal misconduct committed by personnel seriously. So you're saying the reason why they didn't take this more seriously, why there weren't actual prosecutions that were carried out is because what they were trying to not only protect their agency, but trying to uh, protect the country from being compromised in some way by our foreign enemies who would use this information in well, some kind of bribery scheme? I think that it's actually quite worse than that. What I, in my personal opinion, my analysis based on this is that they know that we're already compromised and they don't want to have to admit how compromised we are mm. by the by these foreign adversaries, by these foreign intelligence agencies. They know we're compromised and they don't want it all spilling out into court. So they'll go over to FBI, they'll go over to DOJ and say, hey, don't worry, we're taking care of this. Hey, don't worry, we'll take care of this guy. Don't worry about that. Don't ask any questions. We don't want those secrets coming out in court. We know the FBI does this. Uh, time and again, just like in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, where the FBI uh, was able to testify behind, off camera, uh, completely in silent, and then their testimony was stricken from the record, so we couldn't even get a public review of what the transcript was, what the FBI testimony was in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, because we know they were conducting surveillance of this entire thing. It's the exact same thing, and we're t and I was told behind the scenes in that case, they said we don't want our operations spilling out into court and people talking about it on YouTube. That's a direct quote. Wow. Okay, here's here's more from this, and we'll finish this and then move on to the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. But sexual crimes involving children, says BuzzFeed, including the viewing the viewing of images of abuse, have been uncovered at other agencies that handle sensitive information. In a November 2009 report, the Department of Defense acknowledged that dozens of Pentagon staff members or contractors had such images. In 2014, the Inspector General of the Intelligence Community found that two officials from the National Reconnaissance Office, which oversees... America's spy satellites acknowledge viewing images of child sexual abuse during polygraph examinations. This is so disturbing. At a symposium in 2016, Daniel Payne, a top Pentagon security official, said that when workers' computers were examined, the amount of child porn I see is just unbelievable. Is this something that is happening for whatever reason with more frequency um, in our intelligence agencies? Or is this something that is more pervasive in the general population than I originally realized. I mean, what's going on here? This is Look, so I bizarre. Mean, remember, it's so evil. Ali, we're told, and I, when I was put through recruitment into the intel community, you know, you're put through polygraphs, you're put through a rigorous selection process. Why aren't these people weeded out? Why are so many right. pedophiles 
allowed to be given top level security clearance. Remember, these aren't just people walking in off the street and saying, hey, can I get hired? Can I get a job? You're put through an extremely rigorous background check screening process. It's called an SSBI, single scope background investigation. They're people, they interview you, they interview your family, they interview your contacts, they go through your online footprint, they go through everything. So why is it? that when they're going through these footprints, they're not checking, these digital footprints, they're not checking for so many pedophiles getting through their ranks. If it were up to me, you need to go into Congress and Congress needs to launch a brand new church committee, number one, to talk about domestic surveillance operations, but number two, to ask the question, why are there so many pedophiles sitting behind those computer screens within the walls of Langley, within the Pentagon, and throughout the broader intelligence community? Okay, quick break from that fascinating conversation to tell you about one of my favorite sponsors, and that is ExpressVPN. Uh, the reason why it's one of my favorite sponsors is because I use it every day. It's probably my most used sponsor. Why? Because it is an app that runs on the back uh, in the background um, of my phone that um, protects my privacy, and I really care about that, and you should too. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network, cafes, hotels, airports, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your personal data. It doesn't take much technical knowledge to do that. You just need some cheap hardware. A smart 12-year-old could do it, apparently, according to ExpressVPN. Your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling personal info on the dark web. So you need ExpressVPN to prevent all of that. It uses an encrypted tunnel. It creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. Hackers can't steal your sensitive data. Super secure. It would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. It's easy to use, and I can testify to that. All you got to do is turn on the app and click one button to get protected. It works on all your devices, and it works up on up to five of your devices with just one account. So... My husband and I share the account and we've got uh, the same protection on all of our devices. It works on phones, laptops, tablets, and more so you can stay secure on the go. I love that it's easy to use. I love the security and the safety knowing that this app is simply running in the background and my personal information is being protected. That's really important. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash exp P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Allie. You can get an extra three months for free with that link. ExpressVPN.com slash Allie. ExpressVPN.com slash Allie. It's so disturbing and something that I've realized, especially over the past couple of years, is how much our society hates children, not just because it tolerates things like this and the highest levels of governance and in the general population, but also seeing the so-called pandemic response um, that has disproportionately negatively affected children, the way that children are used as progressive social experiments when it comes to gender theory and also, of course, the literal sacrifice of children when it comes to abortion. It just seems like our society is so ready to lay children on the altar of adults' whims. And it's really sad and it's well, really because sick. Because at the end of the day, Ali, it's, they've, they've commodified human life. And to them, you know, a child isn't someone who can be a worker. A child can't be someone who's a productive 
you know, producer or contributor to the GDP. So the child is just a commodity that can be pushed along anywhere else to one of its best uses. This idea of looking at people as as instruments, as looking at people as just, you know, a cog in the machine, not as human beings with humanity, with spirituality, with a unique um, a unique soul. Right. Yeah. A unique spiritual sense of that actual person. You're just a commodity. You and I were just commodities. Right. That we can be bought and sold and moved around. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's antichrist mentality and behavior. Of course, the same Jesus who said, let the children come to me. Of course, the people who are against Christ are also going to be against the children that he welcomes to him. Um, okay. Speaking of pedophilia, underage people, let's talk about this Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Now, some people are saying that um, the fact that there are no cameras inside the courtroom, the fact that a lot of people aren't reporting on this is just evidence that the media doesn't want us to pay attention to it. But it's actually not normal for cameras, media cameras, to be inside the courtroom for these kinds of cases, correct? So no federal court case has ever been broadcast on TV. Um, now, typically, though, there will be call-in lines so you can have audio of these things. And that was going on during a lot, for a lot of the trials for uh, General Flynn, Roger Stone, some of those, some of which I did attend, the Manafort trial I went to here in D.C. So you can go as a member of the public. Now, of course, with COVID, for the Ghislaine Maxwell, you've got to wait for hours. People are telling me you have to wait for hours standing in line out there and to maybe get a chance to even get into that courtroom. So you've got a few re intrepid reporters and, you know, all all um, all credit to them for going and putting up with all of those restrictions to be able to get into that courtroom and then post stuff on Twitter. Uh, Inner City Press is, a, is an example of someone who's just out there every single day, shows up at like five in the morning to get in line for this in the cold in New York. But the fact that there isn't a call in line, we're not even getting audio of this. They're not even bringing forward um, any accusations regarding the Epstein network. It really leads a lot of people, and myself included, to say that this isn't an investigation, this is a cover-up. The lead prosecutor in this, Maureen Comey, James Comey's daughter. You've, this is in Southern District of New York, one of the most powerful and liberal, politicized um, pr districts in the, the entire United States. So everybody knows if it's going through SDMY, it's a political case. Now, the real question is, what are they doing? And it's simple. They don't want anyone talking about this story. That's why they're holding it right by Christmas. They're saying it's going to wrap up within two weeks. It might actually be, um, we're checking the days on this, but it might actually end up that the Ghislaine Maxwell case, with everything that was going on there, a human trafficking of an industrial scale, underage women, girls, and in some cases boys, being brought to an island in the Caribbean, some of the top names, uh, most powerful names in the world. Um, Epstein, the world leaders that he was into, the academia that he was into, Wall Street uh, tycoons, uh, Jean-Luc um, Brunel, this massive French mogul in terms of uh, media recruiting and uh, model recruiting. And yet we get two weeks. It's right by Christmas. The verdict comes down. And then they're going to say, boom, boom, case closed. We don't have to talk about that anymore because Ghislaine Maxwell, we convicted her. She's going away jail for a long time, and that'll be the end of it. They don't want anyone talking about this story. But there were some interesting photos that actually came out yesterday in court, one of which included Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein uh, standing together or sitting together on the porch of a wooden cabin. Now, that cabin, a lot of people pointed out, looked very familiar, and that is actually the cabin of the royal family the cabin of Queen Elizabeth on Balmoral Estate up in Scotland. So Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein, 
again, showing us this massive level of access. And of course, that was Ghislaine Maxwell's role in all of this. Her father, Robert Maxwell, powerful, extremely powerful newspaper publisher, tabloid publisher up there in the UK. Of course, he died under mysterious circumstances back in the 90s, but he had a direct access to the royal family. That essentially passed on to his daughter. That's why Epstein brought her in in the first place, was her access to these extreme power, extreme power players, the influence, the level of people that they were able to get access to, the places and the networks that they were into, the circles they were running in, some of the most powerful in the entire Western world. And her defense is basically trying to separate her from uh, Epstein, basically trying to say that they had broken up at some point and that he might have been helping her, but that was the extent of it, that she wasn't actually guilty of any kind of sex trafficking. Right. So it's very interesting you mention their direct relationship because that's something the prosecutors have really brought up throughout all of this. And I think something that has come out through testimony and then also come out through one of these photos. It hasn't specifically been stated yet. And we're wondering potentially, will it happen? And will this come up if, and we're told by the way, that there is an outside chance that Ghislaine Maxwell might take the stand. Um, Her side, the defense side is gonna start next week, but we'll have to really see whether or not that happens if she's gonna take the stand. Of course, we saw Kyle Rittenhouse do that recently. Uh, We're seeing a lot of people do that recently. So that is the big question. So. One of the victims that came out and testified a few days ago stated that she saw a photo of Ghislaine Maxwell naked and appeared pregnant. This is significant because we don't have any information, nobody's ever seen any information about Ghislaine Maxwell ever having her own children. Mm. And then the question of course would be if she was with Epstein at the time, now she is uh, married now to someone else, she has stepkids up in New Hampshire, but the question is, did she potentially have a child with Jeffrey Epstein? One of the photos released by the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York yesterday, it's back in the 90s. They're both wearing sort of like that ubiquitous 90s, you know, neon kind of ski um, clothing. And it's a photo of Epstein standing with Ghislaine Maxwell, and he's got his hand over her belly. Mm. And it's very clearly standing over her belly. He's not hugging her. He's not like embracing her. He's got his hand on her belly. And the same way that you'd see in any pregnancy photo, when I did, you know, pregnancy photos with my wife, that's exactly the pose, right? That's the pose you do when you are pregnant, when, when she's pregnant. And so the question is, is it possible that there was a love child between Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein? And if so, Um, what happened with that child? Was it a miscarriage? Was it an abortion? Or uh, was the child born? Is it someone that's potentially related to this or, you know, given up for adoption? We don't know, right? We have no clue what's going on with this entire thing, but that really would be something that I think if they had a child together that prosecutors would be able to use to point out how directly involved with Epstein she was at the time and in fact has always been. Right. And what's interesting is going back to what you said earlier is that even though the connection, as you just mentioned, is so obvious, it's very well documented over the years, um, it seems that the prosecution is fumbling the ball. And this is reported by Vanity Fair, uh, by Gabriel Sherman, saying that the prosecution is fumbling its case against Ghislaine Maxwell. Now, you mentioned that they're just trying to get this conviction over with, saying that they did their job and then covering it up for all of the other powerful people that are involved. Is it possible that they are trying purposely to fumble their case? I mean, this seems like a pretty 
easy case to make. And yet, according to Vanity Fair, the prosecution, I guess James Comey's daughter, isn't doing a good job. Why would that be? So, so that, of course, it's Gabe Sherman who wrote that. So Gabe has this wonderful history of taking something that's seemingly true and then just like driving, you know, putting his foot on the gas pedal hmm. and taking it all the way to 100. Um, he did that throughout the Trump White House years with these like, you know, he always said, I have a source. And then it like never came true. But I will give him this, right? There's always kind of a nugget of truth in anything Gabe Sherman says. It's just you have to take away the spin on it. The fact of the matter is that they haven't put forward a lot of documentary evidence against Ghislaine Maxwell. For me, I want to see where's the money, right? Where's the videos? Where's the photos? We're told there were 20,000 images of all of this that, there, that the FBI had recovered. So we've got a few of these images that come out, some things like this pre, you know, potential pregnancy photo, uh, a photo on the porch with the queen. Great, got it. They were in a relationship, 100%. But she's not on trial for having a relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. She's on trial for human sex trafficking and for rape. And so where is the evidence of this? Where are the letters? Where are the emails? Where's the phone call chain? Mm. Show me the chain of custody on all of these documents. Now, we are going to see today, this week, uh, Annie Farmer, one of the fourth victim who is going to be coming forward in this case, is actually coming out and testifying in open court, not behind a privacy screen, not protecting her anonymity. She is going out there and she is going to testify directly on this. And so they are doing everything they can to really just base this on eyewitness testimony. Now, of course, obviously, in cases like this, um, Criminals, of course, are very careful not to create any type of paper trail. But again, that's not what we've been told. The facts of this case are videos all over the island, 20,000 images found on these hard drives, these huge binders that we see all over Epstein's mansion, yet are completely redacted whenever the, um, the FBI releases them. I think that it stands to reason that we can reasonably infer that there, sh that there are images and there are documented um, photographs of, of Ghislaine Maxwell participating in this type of activity. Yet the question remains, why hasn't that information been introduced in court? Okay, last sponsor for the day. You guys know what it is. It is Good Ranchers. So maybe you're like me and you are a last minute gift buyer for Christmas. And you're like, what can I get? I don't have a whole lot of time. I just got to get online and get something that's going to you know, deliver to the person that I want to buy this for. Maybe you've got a Christmas party next week and you're like, what do I get for my boss or whoever it is? You need to get them good ranchers. You need to get them a box of American meat that's from American farmers, American ranchers, and that is super high quality, tastes really good. All you have to do is go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. You save $20 and you get free express shipping when you do that. And you can pick the box of meat that you want. You've got better than organic chicken. You have got craft uh, beef and there are all different kinds of cuts. There's T-bone, there's ribeye, there's fillets, there's ground beef, there's pre-marinated chicken, non-pre-marinated chicken. Last night I did the pre-marinated chicken in some whole wheat pasta with some vegetables and some pesto, and it was really good. I actually, for that particular meal, I should have done the non-pre-marinated chicken because 
it's it, it kind of conflicted a little bit. But that is just an indictment on uh, my cooking last night, not on Good Ranchers. The chicken itself was very good. We use Good Ranchers all the time because it makes our life easy. We get our box of meat, we put it in the freezer, and then uh, we just, we, we have at least one thing that we know that we are going to eat that night, and then we just have to cook the sides or pick the sides, and then we're good to go. I love things that make my life more convenient. And if you have someone in your life, or you, who feels the same way, then you need to give them the gift of Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie, get $20 off and free express shipping on your order, or you can use code Allie at checkout. Goodranchers.com slash Allie, goodranchers.com slash Allie. Before I move on to Jesse Smollett, I do just want to ask, like, how deep does this go? We often say the elite, and it's a hard to define who exactly that is. It includes some people in academia, in Hollywood, in the government, just the rich and influential and the powerful, some names that we've never heard of before. Um, but how deep do you think the connections with Jeffrey Epstein and this trafficking of minors goes. I mean, it starts to sound like some kind of QAnon conspiracy, and yet here it is. There's evidence of it actually happening. I mean, how pervasive is this is my question. Look, and and of course, you know, they'll take even you and I discussing this or anyone discussing this and use it as, you know, as a way to smear people and a way to attack people and a way to say, oh, they're crazy. Look at the stuff they said. But then I, I can turn around and say, but wait, look at what the court record says. Look at what the documents say. Look at the people who are dying behind bars. Look at the people who are on trial for these very things. And in my, to my mind, I think, and I've always said my analysis on this is that at some level, Epstein was running a blackmail operation or a blackmail scheme of some sort. Whether that was tied to anyone else, we just don't know, right? There's, there's tons of speculation out there on that. But when it comes down to it, my biggest question is, why did all of these Wall Street tycoons, people who are CEOs of some of the most powerful companies, get involved with this guy, have this guy be the one who's managing their money, who's, you know, again, he's supposed to be this, this Wall Street money manager, and yet he has no... Uh, no seeming background in this. He has no education in this. We still aren't really sure how he made all the money that he had, all his right. billions of dollars. And so the question is, was he set up in order to do this? Did he have mm. the ability, did somebody bring him into these types of operations and then he expanded it? Or was he using this type of blackmail as a way to enrich himself and to enrich others by the, by the power essentially of sharing secrets? Shouldn't we be a little bit encouraged, though, that this actually is coming to light, that some people are talking about it, reporting on it, and that there is even a trial being put in place? Doesn't that kind of cut against the idea that everyone in our intelligence agencies and everyone kind of in our justice system is completely corrupt? Well, no, I don't think it's like that. And I, I do say that as somebody who was in there, right? I think there are people, you know, you could say white hats and black hats is, is kind of a phrase that's out there. But I, I think it's in general that there are people there that are looking to do the right thing. I think there's people there who sign up that want to help the country, that want to do public service. But then there's other people who go in and see it as a vehicle, who see it as a tool for their own personal interests, their personal careers, their personal agendas. And they realize that they can become uh, richer, vastly richer, vastly more powerful by dealing in some of these types of operations. Or if you get blackmail over somebody, now you can control them. And that has been uh, just part of human nature for as long as we've had civilization. This type of stuff, blackmail has been going on. These types of crimes, unfortunately, have been going on for as long as human civilization because it is part of humans' atavistic, primal mm. nature. 
unfortunately, that's always going to be there. Whenever you have this level of power and this lack of oversight over people with this kind of power, you're always going to see these type of injustices going. Maybe not specifically this, but you're always going to see injustices go on when there is no transparency. Yep. Okay, quickly, let's talk about Jesse Smollett. Now, today, as we're recording this, we don't know the verdict yet, but it might be coming out um, today on Thursday. So everyone knows what happened in 2019 and kind of the timeline that has led up to today. Tell us, though, just what has happened in court. Can you give us a synopsis of what some of the testimonies have been and what Jesse Smollett and his team are maintaining as of now? Well, the big the big turning point, I think, in all of this, and we just talked about will Ghislaine Maxwell take the stand. Jesse Smollett took the stand himself there in that courtroom in Chicago and said, look, those guys, those Nigerian brothers, they're lying. Um, they're completely insane. They attacked me. And so the story has changed right along the line because detectives have come up and shown text messages from Jesse Smollett to the brothers saying, I, I'm going to take care of this. I know you didn't do anything wrong after they had been arrested. Um, he's there's the money, the $3,500 check that he gave to them that he claims is for nutrition and workout programs. That doesn't really make any sense. Um, and yet he's up there saying all of this stuff. He's really getting into the idea that apparently one, he and one of the brothers were involved in a romantic relationship that included trips to a bathhouse. He also claimed that at one point the brothers went to him and said, we will drop our accusations about a hoax if you give us each $1 million. And Jussie testifies to this, and Jussie's lawyers testify to this, and I remember sitting there thinking, scratching my head going, you know, he's looking at the jury, I don't think that makes you look good, Jussie, mm, right? Yeah. Pay us off so that we'll, we won't testify against you. Well, he's saying it's a shakedown operation, but I'm saying, no, I think the evidence fits. You've got video of this, you've got text messages of this, and you had every politician on the entire left from Kamala Harris on down backing Jussie Smollett. He was put on Good Morning America. He was put everywhere for this. This was a guy who was trying to further his career by using a false hate crime, a hoax, to be perpetuated against him to try to gain fame and notoriety because he didn't like that on Empire, you know, he was only making a hundred grand an episode that, you know, that might sound like a lot to a lot of people, but in terms of that level of TV production for HBO, that's not that much. He wanted more, he wanted to be the star, he wanted to be in movies. This is what he saw as his ticket to stardom. He actually testified at one point, I kid you not, he testified that in his mind, he viewed himself as the black Cary Grant. And that's wow. what he viewed the, the track of his career to be. I mean, you're dealing with someone who, you know, I think people throw around the word uh, narcissistic personality disorder a lot these days, yeah. especially online. Like, you know, every everyone says, oh, my ex-boyfriend was a narcissist, my ex-boyfriend was a narcissist, right? Or, it, it, you know, I, I think it's become kind of a meme. But I think in this situation, you actually are dealing with somebody who has yeah. narcissistic personality disorder. Now, that's not exactly uncommon for people in Hollywood, but it certainly is uncommon for someone to go to this absolute right. level to further their interior just hollow self yeah. looking for something and trying to find it in fame and fortune. Well, at least to sociopathic tendencies. And of course, this wasn't the first time he did something like this. He allegedly wrote a racist letter to himself and had it delivered to the studio where Empire was being filmed for the same reason that apparently that uh, you just listed that he 
wasn't getting enough attention, wasn't garnering enough fame. Um, and so he had tried to achieve some sort of victim status in order to attain that. Um, I do, before we end, I just want to read people a little bit of Black Lives Matter statement, which I just thought was yes. hilarious. Um, it's from Dr. Melina Abdullah, director of BLM Grassroots and co-founder of BLM Los Angeles. I won't read the whole thing because it's a little long and we can post the link to it in the description of this episode. But um, she says basically that we have to align with Jesse because we love everybody in our community. It's not about a trial or a verdict decided in a white supremacist charade. She is calling this trial. I mean, talk about a charade. We're talking about well, an what, actual charade that he put on. Said, we have to stand. We have to stand with Jesse because he's a proud, strong black man. And yes. I would point out that obviously both of the brothers who are accusing him are Nigerian. Yeah, so they're, they're also black. Also, and as also is black. the superintendent of the Chicago police, who's been extremely vocal in this case because his guys had to waste all their time trying to, to investigate right. all this. And she said that we can't believe the Chicago police because they've done bad things in the past that she accuses them of being racist. But she says that he has been courageously, Jesse Smollett has been courageously present, visible, and vocal in the struggle for black freedom. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier about um, certain people and certain political and social realms seeing people as commodities. And so I guess the reason why she sees Jesse as someone to be believed and not the Nigerian brothers is because in his position of influence, he's more useful to their political ends. She says, we can never believe police, especially the Chicago Police Department, over a Jesse Smollett over Jesse Smollett, a black man, while policing at large is an irredeemable institution. CPD is notorious for its long and deep history of corruption, racism, and brutality, blah, yeah, blah, I wanna, blah. I want to know how many how many mansions are, are the founders of, of BLM up to at this point? Is this, was it Patrice Cullors? I think she's up to four or five. She just bought a ranch out in near, uh, I think it was uh, Beverly Hills, right? Yeah. Some, some ranch up in the Hollywood Hills or something, millions of dollars. So I, you got to wonder, are they looking at another mansion out of this? Yep. And she said that this is going towards the abolition of police and to overturn every unjust system. So this really goes back yeah, to people on the police is doing is working out really well across the country right now. Yeah, especially if you are for the um, the preservation of black lives in somewhere like Chicago, the police the police are not the issue. The police are not the ones taking the lives of black people primarily in Chicago. But this just kind of goes to the whole progressive narrative that truth doesn't matter. Facts don't matter. The larger meta narrative is what matters. Our end political goals are what matters. So they really don't care whether or not at least black lives matter. They don't care whether or not he lied it doesn't matter. In the end, they've got their own version of truth. And that version of truth Allie, is what Allie. they are going whoa, to push whoa, no matter whoa, whoa. what. I'm just I'm just speaking my truth. Right. I'm just speaking my truth. truth. Right. Don't yes. don't try to impose your truth on my lived experience. Exactly. And that and that is exactly what they are trying to push. So they don't really care what the verdict is. Hopefully we'll have some sort of justice, though. Right. What do you think the verdict is going to be? Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Jesse is convicted, but I doubt that he'll see any jail time or any significant, you know, jail time. He'll probably get probation with, uh, of course, he'll get community service. They'll probably have him doing like vaccine PSAs by, uh, by next week or something. Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is, this is crazy. Well, thank you for navigating all of this insanity for us today. I really appreciate it. Where can people find, follow you, listen to you? Thank you, Ali. God bless you. And Merry Christmas before I don't say it. Um, mm -hmm. 
Follow me, Human Events Daily is my podcast. We are tearing up the charts every day. We do 25 minutes on this stuff. You get in, get out. Our motto to you, just like when I was in the Navy, it's be good, be brief, be gone. Then we go, you can also follow me, Twitter and Getter, G-E-T-T-R. It's Jack Fosobic on there. We just saw what Twitter did with their new CEO. They brought out this new woke guy. The censorship is coming down. The band hammers are coming down. That's why I always say, I'm getting my lifeboat ready. I'm going to get her. Hang on. Okay, I got to pause because there are people saying, though, that Getter has taken millions of dollars from a Chinese billionaire that you don't need to go to Getter. What do you say to that? Well, that's uh, Miles Guo is someone who is actually a Chinese dissident against the CCP, and he's provided information to the U.S. government about the CCP's operations. Okay, I don't know enough about that, but people that we both love and respect have been saying some things about Getter that I haven't personally verified. So I just want to see your take on that because I know you care about that too. Thank you for your take on that oh, and yes, for your take they, on all of this. You know, they've got investors just like any other tech startup. Well, thank you so much, Jack. I hope you have a great day. Thank you, Alex.